0: This is Psychic Warfare. Welcome back, my friends, to Psychic Warfare, the podcast where spirituality and philosophy collide with heavy metal and rock and roll. I am your host, Chris Keelick, and thank you for joining me once again on another journey into the lives and minds of the most iconic musicians in heavy music. This week, I am joined by A.J. Channer, vocalist of Fire From the Gods, they are a rap metal quintet out of austin texas and aj is the tip of the spear of the band's razor sharp lyrics and combination of rap and metal sound and they're about to drop their third record, Soul Revolution, on October 28th. You'll be able to find it wherever you stream your music. He's lived all over the world, from here in America to the UK to Ghana. And AJ and the rest of the band spread messages of unity, self-mastery, and the power of lifting ourselves up from the inside so we can lift others. Fire from the Gods is red hot, and if they're red hot, their new album, Soul Revolution, is going to be an inferno. AJ, welcome to Psychic Warfare, and thank you for being here today.
1: Yeah, well, i my man. How you doing?
0: I'm doing great. I'm doing really great. And my first question that I ask all my guests is, how are you doing? How are you feeling at this moment in time, mentally, physically and spiritually?
1: You know, what? I'm, I'm glad you asked that question. I just got off of a really long, grueling tour. But at the same time, the tour was really eye opening. It was awesome. We had a ton of fun through about 10 years of touring experience came to a real head on this one. So I'm a little uh, out of it. I'm still kind of getting back into being stable in one place. Like I wake up in the middle of the night and I still feel I'm on the bus kind of. It's kind of weird. This was definitely a very different tour in everything from the mental aspect of it being so demanding, being that it was so long and being that we were in a position of being one of four on this mega tour so there was a lot going on from the mental side of it, a lot of strain. But at the same time, I learned quite a bit uh, spiritually. Man, you know the world. I, I'm one of those people. I don't. I don't like to go around and say, "Oh, I'm some sort of empath," or "I'm my mind is so open, or, right. I'm so woke to the things of the world." Too, so therefore, I have to shoulder it all in this weird, uh, this and put me in this weird kind of like spiritual in between. I just there's a lot going on and it takes a lot to deal with what we have to deal with. It takes a lot to get up out of the bed every day. It takes a lot to open your eyes and just say, yeah, I'm going to conquer the day and I'm just going to go get it because there's just so much going on. There's so much information that we're being fed. There's so much information that we need to process. There's so much, so many activities and things that we can be involved in. And I think it gets to be a little bit overwhelming with the changing of the times and how the particular the particular zeitgeist that we're dealing with at the particular moment and then physically man i'm you know i'm in my 30s i got two kids so i'm ready to go <laughs> you know so i'm ready to rock you know well, what i'm saying but it makes, there's a it lot makes, going on especially with us with the new record and shit
0: it makes total sense to me i mean that's the whole goal behind this podcast because i think a lot of these these topics there's like you said there's so much to digest at any given time, especially in our modern times, and I I don't think it's talked about uh, enough in our in the rock and metal scene. So that's really the goal of this podcast is to kind of have these conversations and have people take a minute and kind of gather themselves and think about you know the place that they're at spiritually in their life and you know, sure. and work on those things. And which is why I'm so glad you're here. And I wanted to ask you you know what was your spiritual upbringing like did you Did you grow up in a household that held a certain faith or was spirituality something personal that you developed and discovered over time on your own
1: no man (laughs) see that's a very good question um a lot of people it's very weird when you look at my my upbringing because my mom when i was born uh she was because of her mom she was at the point converting to islam but she was also raised, you know, my mom's from America. So she was raised as an African, you know, like an African-American or the typical American Christian, Christianity. And she was like Baptist at the same time. But her mom had converted to Islam. So she was kind of getting into Islam. That's why my first name is Akil. Ah, got it. name. And my sisters are both called Allah. So we were kind of at this weird crossroads of faith. But at the same time, she was still heavily involved in the church. So I went to Christian schools when I was in, uh, I went to a school which was very, which you could say was open faith because everyone attended the school, but because it was a British school, it was very rooted in Christian ideals. So I was very much involved in the church my whole life, but my grandmother, being a Muslim, I also went to mosque and masjid, you know, so I also did. So at the same time, I was getting this, which most of of these Abrahamic faiths come from the same area anyway. So there's an overlap in what you're learning, but you're learning Arabic at the same time and, and learning the Quran and learning the Bible. So I was bombarded with faith as a child and kind of Bible bashed a little bit. And yeah. that kind of turned me off to Christianity, but it didn't turn me off to the ideals or the, or the idea of being a better person and what religion meant or what spirituality means in that context. So I, I assume, so I, I really just kind of took in the, I guess the best, what I'd like to say are the best bits of organized faith and religion. I don't respect the church in its existence because of, you know, we know the history of the church and you have to kind of separate yourself a little bit from that history if you're going to take in the spiritual aspect. But now as an older man, I think you kind of open your eyes a little bit to the world and you start to see that, you know, believing in things like the context of the Holy Trinity and the Holy Spirit. Whereas I think you just have to look at the, what's inside and see, let that spirit guide. And then on the other side of things, my dad and my folks being Jamaican, on that side of my family and being in Jamaica and, and being going to Kingston and being around the Rasta man and, and, and learning Rastafarianism in that, in, that, in that respect and learning about the I and I and the spirit inside that guides. And that also is based in Christianity, but at the same time, there's a whole a different, there's a whole different understanding of what the Trinity means. And that's where the term I and I comes from, which is, you know, myself and the spirit inside of me that guides and so I've, I've adopted a little bit more of a self-determination type of spirituality, whereas, like you said in your intro, bettering myself will ultimately better the people around me. And I think if I can attain that and look at it in such from a very simplistic view, then I will be fulfilling my obligation to the rest of the world and the people around me by doing what I can do for myself and bettering myself spiritually. So, yeah, I was raised Around a lot of spiritual aspects, and I think that's where I get the foundation was laid for me to learn what I did about spiritualism and, and learn about where I play in this physical realm, where my spirit, where, where my existence plays out in this in this physical realm, as opposed to uh, ultimately what I can do for those around me. So, you know, it, it's complex, but at the <laughs> same time, I think it's very simple, where you can kind of uh, learn as you go so to speak
0: 10000% you are very very much like me you know i'm very i'm also i don't adhere myself to any sort of organized religion or church but very much like you i've i've pulled the best tenets that you know the great spiritual leaders from you know what we would call organized sure. religions have talked about because there's so many common things that just lead you to becoming a better human so many teachings to kind of take in that lead you to you know, bettering the lives of others and yourself. And I think that's a a great thing for people to understand is you don't have to, you know, if you can, if you're willing to kind of look outside, you don't have to adhere yourself to any sort of dogma. You can, kind of, it's almost, it's like build a bear of your own, <laughs> your own spirituality and, of course. and and religion. Of you can, course. you can take the best bits and, and find what works for you. As long as those things adhere to this notion of, you know, being a better person again, to yourself and to other people. And one thing that a lot of people Don't necessarily get the opportunity to do, but you have that I think really can have an impact on people. Is you know, reading about you, and this is well documented. You know, growing up across the world, it it brings mind to me the thought that people can learn so much about not only what connects us as humans across cultures, but we can learn so much about ourselves and grow internally just through experiencing the culture of other people. Even if you only get to travel for a limited time, I think it's a really beneficial human experience towards inner growth. I mean. Do you feel this way? And did you experience this personally? And also on top of that, are there any particularly powerful lessons or personal meditations you took from you growing up and experiencing all these different cultures? You, you mentioned a few, but if there's any others, I'd love to hear.
1: You know, one thing that I've attained from experience and that what you what you're talking about are my experiences. And with those experiences, I've learned that Yes, there is something far greater than me outside of my physical understanding of the world. But at the same time, I also live within the parameters of the physical world. I have to live within the fact that I am flesh and blood and the people around me are flesh and blood. My life is not finite in that regard. So what I want to do is learn to live in the space that I am afforded physically. And then what I've ascertained and learned, I apply that to the other aspects of my life. And hopefully that will influence the people around me. And that is my, again, spiritual obligation to those that exist within the space because I can't reach everyone, right? Right. But I can reach as many people as possible. And I can take those experiences that I've learned and apply that to everything that I try to do in life. And most importantly, the medium that I have to do that with is my music and is my voice. But now touching on your your question. Yeah. I saw a lot of wild shit growing up, you know, like I've seen refugee camps and human suffering on a level, on a level that I didn't even, that you don't think is possible. And it's, it's within arm's reach when you're in Ghana, you know, and you see, The the Liberian refugee camps, you see the suffering of these people. And then you sit there and you're passing by in a car and it's driven by someone and you're going and I'm going and, you know, I'm going to a very prestigious uh, boarding school that's been around for over 100 years in this country that was pre-colonial. You know, that's that's their colonial times, their colonial times during the imperialistic period. Right of uh, Britain up until 1956, until the country was liberated. But at the same time, my mom was in America struggling to make sure that happened, working crazy hours. So it's all relative. And those experiences add to the overall story of where I think I need to exist and how I think I can help people.
0: You speak about your whole, the ethos of your band. You fight to spread a message of unity beyond so many individual differences. Between people in your music and one thing I've gleaned for myself from what I've heard so far of Soul Revolution, especially the title track, and it's something that I talked about with Keith Buckley from Every Time I Die in episode one of this podcast, and he's gone on record multiple times to say... He thinks the next great revolution in this country that needs to happen and that he believes is going to happen is a spiritual one, meaning that yes. there is going to be a sort of mass realization of what our priorities as human beings need to be towards one another and the changing of our internal morals and values.
1: And I want,
0: I want to ask you, how do you feel about this concept as I really think you're speaking about it on that song? And do you think it starts with kind of examining yourself at an individual level first? And then beyond that, do you think that this is a realistic thing to happen? Do you think this is a realistic vehicle for unity, or will it always kind of be a pipe dream and kind of too big to achieve?
1: Well, I say it like this: I've one um, first first part. I agree uh, with Keith one thousand percent, and I think the fact that he's saying it, I'm saying it, it's very more apparent that that's exactly what needs to happen. Look at the current p- political situation; everyone. And, and this particular country, and even still, it's happening in the UK, it's happening all over the world, to be fair. There is a cultural war, a culture war happening, especially in the States. We are in, in somewhat of a civil war in, amongst ourselves because we are having this culture war. Everyone is battling and arguing over what are core American values? What are the values that make us who we are, that we're so proud of, that we constantly stand and poke our chest out and say, we are Americans. Right. What is that? You know, is it the brashness, the bravado? Is it the money? Is it the aspect of I can be anything? Is it I am anything and I am everything? Is it that? The fact is this, no one's gonna be able to put a finger on it. And that's why we're so that's why there's so much tension surrounding. The, the subject, but the, but he, here's the, the very brass tacks of it. I know that I'm not going to see the type of unity that I, that I talk about and the type of peace and what ultimately I'd love to see for this world. I'm not going to see that in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. I know it for a fact, but what I can do is not, and that doesn't mean I don't have faith or I don't have a hope of course, in a change in a change that because I do believe in change. But I do know that I will influence the mind that will go on to continue to influence and get us to where we are because history has proved it so we're human and we're going to make mistakes and mistakes are part of our existence and part of it, our existence to the fact that it's actually a beautiful part of our existence because we are, we are fallible and through that, we can find uh, our path to, you know what I'm saying? It's like the Edison concept. You, you go through a thousand different ways until you find out how to make the light bulb, even though he didn't really create the <laughs> light bulb, but that's, that's another conversation. Right. Right. <laughs> but, uh, the, you know, but uh, the fact is we need to start getting to a point where we can treat each other with enough respect and, and just respect each other's right to exist. And in that we can find a path to understanding and a path to unity ultimately to a path of unity and then ultimately to a path of everlasting peace, which would be fantastic. But as I said before, I know I'm not going to see it. Bombs are going to continue to drop. People are still going to continue to pull triggers. People are still going to continue to spew vitriol towards each other. It's ultimately going to happen in every situation that we can even imagine, you know, just walking outside and there's an issue or as we go about our day to day, we're always going to find conflict because we're humans and that's what we do. But I think that if I can continue to talk about changing your heart, changing your mind, changing your soul, this is our revolution, which are the lyrics to the song that in itself, just that very small concept and understanding that concept and giving that concept and that, that, those words just a little bit more thought than it's just saying oh that's a cool song just giving it a little bit more thought I think that people will find a way
0: absolutely and you know this brings to mind again hearing you talk about this I've talked about this before too has to do with this notion of ego or I like you said like what is it that causes this kind of especially here in this country of course this kind of uh, you know exceptionalism or this kind of feeling that we have inside of us and you know it brings to mind opposite kind of anecdotes you know, from different sides of the world, you know, Alan Watts, someone who you know bridged Eastern philosophy with Western philosophy, said, you know, there is yes. there, there really is no I. You know, this concept of I, there, there, you know, we go where the environment goes, and the environment goes where we go. Like there's exactly. no there, there really is no I to to cling to. Like that's a realization that ultimately he believed that we needed to get to. And on the other side, in in Western philosophy and in, in stoicism. Um, I, I don't remember the philosophy, the philosopher that said it, but the the saying was, I believe it's Marcus Aurelius who said, um, what's good for the hive is good for the bee, meaning like what's good for us as a collective is good for us as individuals. Ultimately, it's just kind of getting to that realization and to paint a picture, you know, what ways do you think we would see an external change in our world if there was a mass internal shift in people? And And what do you think the most important tools people can utilize to kind of, re-examine patterns of behavior or values that they were raised on because so many people are entrenched in like well this is how i was raised this is how my parents mm-hmm. were
1: this is this how, is what i know
0: yeah this is what i know this is how i've always been and it's it's born a lot of it's born out of fear and fear or anger and what are what are tools people can use to kind of work to overcome that because it's so difficult because not everybody has the same resources you know not everybody has the same access to education you know what are ways that we can that everybody can can take to work past deeply rooted things that are kind of born out of anger and fear, and what would the changes that we we could potentially see in the world if they do that?
1: This is something that i that I contemplate quite a bit, and this is something that ultimately has led me to where I am, that very same thought, what you're saying, exactly. And people that like us that think that way, people like us that study the behavior patterns of of humans and 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 kind of keep an eye on these things, in order to solve this question, I think we're sitting there beating a dead horse because we're thinking about it in this whole metaverse terms. these, this meta uh, understanding of the world around us. It's real simple, man. You leave your house, you see someone in the street, say hi. You see someone that needs help, help them. You see someone that you don't know, shake their hand. You don't have to go and strike up this whole conversation or you don't have to be involved in people's lives. You don't have to donate money to some huge charity. You don't have to volunteer at your local soup kitchen to make yourself feel better. It only starts with very simple interactions and understanding, knowing that someone out there might be having a fucked up day. You know what I'm saying? Or some kid out there might, you know, and when it comes to education and when we talk about the trying to unlearn because the song right now, which was on our our previous record, is very much about this. We don't wait to change the world tomorrow. We have to change the world right now. So the fact is, when, when we talk about education, I think the way we understand education in this country is mainly centered, and it's more political than anything, and it's mainly centered around what is good for whatever particular community and how you can educate these kids in order to have them be functioning parts of their particular community which only just creates a, a perpetual cycle of just nothing really and true because no one is able to just go out there and do exactly what we said like and essentially what I'm what I'm saying is when you tell a kid you can be the president of the United States and you can aspire to anything but then the system's rigged against the kid because by the by the third grade they're looking to oh well there's a failing type of uh, class of kids here so here's where we need to build a prison that's what we do in this country right yep. we build a prison so we create the the uh school to prison pipeline and, because that's part of our understanding of capitalism and business because that works in our system that's how our system works okay you see a need you fill it now yep. i see a need i'm gonna have to lock up a bunch of people in about 15 I, years i don't remember who so said build it a prison
0: I don't remember who said it but I remember I saw something I believe it was just on on Twitter or on social media somewhere that said prisons don't make social problems go away they make people go away. And the the, the other thing that I'm just thinking of is I I mean I agree with you and I I think you know again a lot of this is born out of you know it, it's what you're saying in in essence is that these these spiritual and and philosophical problems that go down to the root of examining who we are as an individual and thus as a collective it's because of again like you said we have to exist in this world and because of that there it's inherently tied in with like our socio-political system you know those those are kind very of separate so. it's it's those things are very much inseparable at this phase in our history and going off of that i want to ask a lot of people again born out of fear anger and it's such a hard thing to get rid of mm-hmm. um yeah. and at what point because people say like well i don't want to i don't want to do this or act this way or you know change myself because this is who i am this is authenticity but at what point do you think you you even if it's not a sacrifice what point do you think you have to quote unquote sacrifice authenticity to change to be more compassionate you know how do you think the two are correlated if at all like what separates someone's true self from behaviors they may display that they have grown up on and and been raised on and have embedded in them
1: bro it's real simple would you want Someone to be and I ask people this all the time. I said, the way you think people that are disenfranchised in this country, because people, you know, they realize there's a problem, they know there's a problem, they just don't know how to fix it. The way those people are or the way immigrants are treated, or the the idea of the immigrant question, and mainly those from uh, South and Central America that are that people like to term as invading this country, would you like for you to be treated the way those people are treated? The answer is always 100%. No. So why would you support a system that treats people that way? Why would you treat someone that way? Because you don't want to be treated that way. Yeah. So how do you think it's fair that someone else should be treated that way? And then that gives you that spiritual conundrum right there. And that, that, that in itself, if it makes you feel uncomfortable, then you have to, and, and yourself have to say, okay, I need to make a change. And if you can continue to convict people's spirits in that way and convict people in that way they will change we will ultimately change because it's going to be uncomfortable look what happened the last the few years i mean yeah people made a big stink about the blm and everything but the fact is this it opened a lot of people's eyes to the real uncomfortable truth about our system and about institutionalizing systemic racism and what it means And the bigger question, and you don't want your kids to grow up in a place like that, whether you're white, black, privileged, have, have not, no one wants to be treated like shit. So you shouldn't treat other people like shit.
0: 100%. And it's just, it's all, it's, again, it's this concept of I, it's born out of, it's the fear of, you know. I'm going to lose something, you know, if this, if, this if, 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 the, if, you know, if, if this happens so or this happens,
1: yeah. this nation, but we're not,
0: yeah, I am going to lose something or I meaning like me and the, you know, the community that I identify with or whatever it is, is going to lose something. Right. Whereas opposed to like, instead of we should gain something together and find a way to gain something together. Exactly. It's not, it, this is, this is not a zero sum exactly. game. One person does not have to lose for another person to win. In this world. I, I think that that's kind of a, 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 a thing that's been baked into us that really, unfortunately, that like someone has to lose in this world in order for someone else to win. And it's not a matter of winning or losing. Well, that's beyond that for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I got you. You're you're you are right on that for sure.
1: <laughs> you know, and yeah. I'm not I'm not that, pushing yeah pseudo communist pseudo communist i'm not pushing pseudo socialist ideals here i'm just saying it's the it's it's again one of those uncomfortable truths you know in capitalism someone has to lose there always has to be an, an underclass in order to support the consumer class and the fact is we have to find a way to balance that out and i think it starts between each and every one of us
0: yeah I agree. It is it it is a battle. You know, it's a it is it is it the the right. form of fighting and battling to, you know, win consumers or win people to to come over to where you are. And again, where we are, you know, it's like the meme you see on on social media of of the, the the peasant in the Middle Ages saying like, "I think we should improve society somewhat or improve things somewhat." And someone pops out of the well and says. Yeah, really you want to improve society and yet you, part- yet, yeah, yeah. yet you participate in it yeah. How curious and it's like you can do both it, again exactly I, one of my favorite quotes uh from rumi the sufi mystic poet he says life is not this or this life is this and this you know it is not it's not separated into this or this yes. it's, it is both at the same time you know that's that's the reality of life and i think that you know you're what you have to say on this is so, you know, like you said, keeping it real and it's just it's just the way that things are. And again, we have to find a way to kind of work within the system that we have and work to improve. it. And this starts with each one of us on an individual level, which is what this is all about, hopefully. And I wanted, one thing I wanted to to kind of double back on when you were talking about growing up and traveling to, you know, so many different places and seeing suffering and seeing inequality right. and, and so many people left behind is one of the great philosophical problems that I love to think about, especially in kind of any ontological argument, which is you know an argument whether or not God exists, or or thinking about a right. God, that's so difficult to reckon with is the problem of evil. And I love your song "Survivor's Prayer Interlude" because you start by asking the question, "Why do I suffer?" And that's such uh-huh. a pro- that's such a profound question to ask yourself, and, and 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 ask about other people. Why do other people suffer? And to put that out into the universe because it's difficult to answer to a certain degree. I mean, again, we can talk about. Sociopolitical, you know, the side of things, and that's a, that's kind of easier of to course. answer to a certain degree. But in terms of a, uh, you know, that yeah, ontological you can tell argument, yourself,
1: like, oh, I'm broke, so therefore I don't, you know, yeah, I can't live but, in a society. And there's but, certainly
0: yeah. a, there is certainly a certain degree. Again, this is very, very small of personal accountability and responsibility. Many can take to some degree. Again, not on a wide swath, but to some degree for their own suffering. Very, again, very depending on circumstances. But. There's right. so many innocent people who suffer too, even uh, even children, especially 1, in history. You know, people of color, people in the LGBTQ plus community, so many in other countries that we deem quote second world or quote third world countries. You know, and again, that ties into sociopolitical things that you mentioned. You know, uh, colonized countries and the, the 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 horrible histories of those places. You know, we're
1: how- we're so dedicated to the idea of division and lines and classification and labels. And that comes with its whole bag of problems. That comes with so much conflict because someone says, someone's gonna stand up and say, well, that's not fair. And I believe in my, and I wholeheartedly believe that the concept of what's not fair and that's not fair and why did they live that way and I don't live that way the beauty of who we are as a nation and the beauty of our system is that it's engineered to be able to support. I can do this and I can achieve and I can be better than where I am. And my, and my past does not define my future. But unfortunately, there's not enough to go around because resources are finite. And when everyone's fighting over resources, then you lose the concept of, I need to help my fellow man. But on the other side of that, I do believe that there is a way to help each other. And a lot of that comes from just our daily interactions. Like I said, it doesn't start with having to have this deeper knowledge and understanding of the world. I just believe it starts with very simple human interaction. And a lot of that is how I uh, portray myself on stage because, you know, let me put it to you like this. I'm a six six foot five black guy with, with a funny accent that's going out there screaming into a mic because I love metal music. And sometimes people right. are like, what the hell is going on when they look at me? And mm-hmm. then I'm talking about love and unity and peace and standing up for each other. And then they're like, what the hell's going on? They're, 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 they're like, what's happening? And they think that, well, this guy is on a different level of thinking than I am. No, I'm just like you. And the interaction that I'm having with you is me trying to pour a little bit of myself into your life. And that's how I think we should all go about. Just pour a little bit of ourselves and the better parts of ourselves into each other's lives. And that's where the concept of, of the idea of in us we trust comes from. And now with Soul Revolution, with the idea of all power to all people, you know, not just all power to the people. Yeah, the people represents a particular political sort of stance and, 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 and it represents something that's on this whole level of we versus them but the fact is this we are all in this together we have to realize that we're all in this together and we have to share the power and the power has to go to all people not yeah. just the people
0: yeah you know and, and I, don't, I don't know if tolkien said this or if they just used this for the hobbit the hobbit movie but it's the quote from the hobbit where, where gandalf says you know i i, I really i believe that it's the the small good deeds by ordinary folk that keep evil right. in check. It's not these sweeping kind of great things. It is small, small good deeds by ordinary folk that keep evil in check. And that's kind of I exactly what you're Ring saying. I just
1: watched *The Power. I just yeah, *The Power exactly because I got home and binged it. Right. And I'm like, damn, these half you know, obviously. I'm a few episodes behind. Of, so don't know. So oh, I'm on. T- I I'm won't. I'm but like you said, that's, that's a common theme to Tolkien's, and right? And that's why the, 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 uh, the hobbits were looked at. They were seen as the weakest, but at the same time, they were actually the strongest because of just the fact that it takes them standing because they had the heart to stand up to, to evil and stand up to what was wrong. And it's a great concept to apply. And hopefully life will imitate art in that regard where people say that just the, the smallest voice can influence so much change. But if we all create a loud enough voice, we can all influence yeah. the right kind of change.
0: I think the caveat to that would be, you know, a lot of people do. And, and this is this is not taking away from any any of the good that people do. A lot of people kind of, again, stick within their political group or stick within, you know, a certain clique. And they, they do good within that community. But you have to, to a certain degree, look outside of your community and do those small acts of good, too. You can't kind of. We're tribal. Yeah. You know, yeah,
1: it is. It is what it is. And that's all we've known. We've known that because everything we've done and everything that humans do is based on survival and you're stronger. There's strength in numbers. We understand that concept very well, but the, it's how we apply that concept. That's where it's wrong. The application of that concept is always we need to dominate someone else so that we can survive. But the fact is this, we won't survive if we continue to just dominate each other because we're just going to be yep. like the snake eating itself.
0: Catch 22. You know yeah. I mean? The Ouroboros. Exactly exactly yep and 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 i want to talk about you you mentioned you know your presence on stage and, and metal it's kind of its thing you know there's always anger in rock and metal it's mm-hmm. what it's it's what it's all about and like you said it's it's authentic and and again we were talking about how so many of the things that that hold us back and and beliefs that groups of people or individual people have that that hurt others are are rooted out of out of anger, fear and anger. And I want to talk about the concept of righteous anger. You know, when when is anger righteous and when is it when can it be used again, aside from music, I would say, when can it be used to kind of as a tool, you know, not necessarily something that 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 bad practices and behaviors and beliefs are born out of, but it's something that can be used to better the lives of other people.
1: So I did this this panel that had um, during Uh, the pandemic, right around the George Floyd incidents and stuff. And uh, Ja Rule was on it, uh, this lawyer, a few singers, people that I hadn't really come into contact with, this one uh, ex-NBA player who played back in the, like, years ago, but um, just very wise individual because of, you know, experience and age. With age comes wisdom in some some regard. But uh, he said, we're angry... And we're expressing our rage, but there's a, there's difference between expressing rage and being enraged. Mm. And I am at this point, very enraged, you know, and personally, the person I am, I, I try to change who I am because I understand rage. I used to fight a lot. I used to get into a lot of trouble as a, as a child and I used to express a lot of what I did through rage and thought that that's how I was supposed to react and interact with the world around me. Let them know I'm angry. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Let them know I'm pissed. And our first record, a narrative, excuse, uh, uh, excuse me, a first record narrative was very much that I I was angry. I wanted to just let it out. And this is the way I'm going to express my anger and tell everyone that I'm fucking pissed We're fucking pissed. Let's start a fucking revolution. But at the same time, I had to wisen up a little bit. And the message hasn't necessarily changed. But the through line is that there's a better way to go about this. And so, yeah, rock and metal, very angry. Look at Slipknot. You know, Slipknot touches on just the visceral nature of the human experience and how and how How it fucking sucks sometimes. (laughs) How it sucks. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. How it just fucking sucks and how you have to just come out and just let the world know that. But I think at this point, I'm enraged because I'm angry at where we've allowed ourselves to go and where we continue to allow ourselves to go and where, if we continue on this path, where we're ultimately going to end up. So that scares me because now I'm a dad. And I have two kids and I, and I want to see them, you know, and it might sound cliche. I want to, I want to see them raised in a world yeah. where they don't have to fear for their lives. It's not cliche if it's, to...
0: if it's something that should be true, you know?
1: Right. Exactly. You know? And yeah, I want to um, allow people to understand that allowing your anger to dictate the things you do and your behavior. We're ultimately just going to eat ourselves alive, but let people know that you're angry and Take that anger and focus it on how you can improve people's lives. Yeah. And I think love, unity and peace and continuously talking about it. That drives the message home.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, I wanted to ask you, and this ties into it because I think it's unique to have you on because, you know, you mentioned Rastafarianism. And again, the guests that I have on, I'm talking about their personal experiences and things that they can, you know, throw out to You know, people listening that they may not have experienced Mm -hmm. before, and and again, like you said, cherry pick, take what, take the best parts of different faiths and beliefs, philosophies, and and form your own to improve your life as a as a human being. And on your first record, you know, there's a lyric on the song "Evolve" where you say, "I'd rather be dead and buried than give up my soul." And you can tie. I'd love for you to tie this into kind of Rastafarian beliefs because I really don't know much about Rastafarianism. What does the concept of a soul mean to you? Can someone's soul be tainted or bad, or is it a piece of light that we all have that can be found again, even if it does go bad. And what does giving up your soul mean to you? You know, what are the ways people can give up their soul?
1: You know, the fact is we don't really understand what the idea of a soul is, right? It's like love. We don't know what love is. We just know it's something and we know it exists. And our own human understanding of it, we have to compartmentalize it and and label it and give it and put it into uh, context for us to understand it. But from the terms, from the 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 aspect of Rastafarianism and the ultimate I and I concept, I and I, the spirit within me, the 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 God that exists in me, me myself and I, you know, and it's not just detaching yourself from from God and saying that you are God, but at the same time, there is a God that lives inside each and every one of us that we need to express and show and show through kindness, show through love, show respect, show through understanding. And that's what the I and I, is I myself existing within my own universe can influence the universe around me, but I have to be a master of that. So in evolve, me saying I'd rather not lose my soul. My soul in that aspect is my essence, my who I am. The, the idea of, who, of what I want people to see me as. And in that song, it's someone who's forward-thinking, someone who wants to change, someone who does not want to just be part of the blind that are leading the blind, but actually be the person that sees. And I'm not saying I have an absolute truth of everything. The only truth I know is the I and I inside me that guides me, the God that guides my every step. And that yep. essentially is Rastafari- Rastafarianism in a concept, you know, as, yeah. as a concept, because there's other aspects of it. There's a Bible, there's a church, there's all kinds of other things that, you know, people don't know about. You know, they just see Bob Marley and they see dreads and they go, oh, Rastavan, you know, but that's not yeah. really it, you know what I mean? Yeah. But um, the thing is people with locks and, you know, the concept of locking your hair, where it came from, just was more born out of the situation and rebellion as opposed to it being this whole spiritual idea or ideal. But the fact is your soul is everything that you have to offer this world. And I don't want to give it up just to conform or just to, to go out there and make these wide sweeping statements of this is how you're supposed to live. This is what you're supposed to do. No, just master what you have inside yourself. And I- if what you have inside yourself is negative, and it's putrid, then you have to, you have a lot of work to do. And that's when it comes in in terms of hatred. And when it comes in terms of what you said, this is the way I was raised or that's the way life is when it comes to systemic or our understanding of systemic and institutionalized racism in this world. Well, that's just the way things were back then. Well, things were fucked up and it was wrong. So that doesn't give it any sort of credence. You know, that doesn't give you some moral high ground to say that, oh, well, that's the way it is. So maybe we don't do yeah. it like that now. And I'm going to help. Hopefully, you know, some people are just oh, grandma stuck in her ways. No, grandma's wrong. Despite yeah. her age and despite her vulnerability, she's still fucking wrong. So Gra- don't tell me about what we did. What we did.
0: There's, some gr- there's some great things about grandma, but she is politically more often than not usually wrong. Maybe, maybe not wrong. some grandmas, but.
1: My grandmother herself. My grandmother is a staunch racist, but. You know the thing is, I I still love her, but she's wrong, and it's like, dude, you know we got to get past that. And yeah. I tell her that all the time. You know, I don't really, I don't come at her a, like I used to when I was young. But I'm like, you just got to get over that. I can't think that. It's
0: way. it's part of it's part of the the delicate balance, the delicate dance you do, where you know people ultimately have do have to look with inside themselves and come to things on their own but that doesn't mean that you you don't speak things out into the universe that can something will get under the skin you know things will get 1, under the skin percent. and and will burrow and will will uh it's like inception that you know you plant the top in the safe yeah. and it spins man it's, that's a couple couple episodes i've talked about inception it's funny that that keeps coming up uh, but you plant the top Dude,
1: christopher nolan inception and interstellar interstellar is kind of where Oh man. Kind of changed kind of changed me, you know. I'm changing like, this to the Interstellar to, to the
0: Nolan cast, apparently, because we talked about I don't know if you yeah, listened bro. to the episode I did with Gala from The Who, but those were two of his favorite movies. He said Inception and Interstellar were two of his favorite movies.
1: That's my boy. And mine bro, too. Gala, Gala, that's my brother, man. That's my bro. I love those dudes. I love those guys to the ends of the earth, man. They're real talk about real-ass dudes, man. Those are real dudes. But um, yeah, bro, like Interstellar, just the idea that through love we'll find a way you could do anything and, and it's, it's it transcendent can, you can do anything it's transcendent it, it transcends time all the the parameters that we put on ourselves if you just learn and you know what's so so good about it and so fulfilling about it is that it makes you feel better and it just and it, you can feel the weight lift of someone's shoulders when they when you shake their hand when i shake a fan's hand and and if i hug a guy or talk to him and you know they're like dude i love your music bro it saved my life like i said my music didn't save my life you found the way to save your life i just provided the soundtrack to your escape in flames exactly um (laughs) but uh
0: like the reference
1: yeah yeah but um you know the fact is you gotta people feel fulfilled when they do the right thing so if we continue to just do the right thing and find ways to do the right thing and like i said it doesn't take these grand sweeping gestures you don't have to be on this quest to save the world all you have to do is just change what's in your heart and your mind and the world will change around you and you i will influence the next person next to me a better me is a better is a is a better city a better town a better town is a better state a better state's a better country a better country is a better world
0: absolutely and therein
1: is the in us we trust because Absolutely, if we can trust each other to do the right thing, we will ultimately do the right thing.
0: Absolutely. And I, I couldn't, f- that, that's the end of like my, my main line of questioning. We're going to go on to the other sections in a second. But I wanted to say, you know, based on the the Rastafarian concept of, uh, I think, what you call it? I with an, It's I with an I? Uh, I and I. I and like I.
1: It's, yeah. It, it's, it's I with an N and an I, but it's like I and I, but because like Jamaican Patois would just break it down and say right. I and I.
0: Exactly. And that reminds me of the saying, and this is important for everybody to remember in another way. Uh, I, I believe this is Rumi, too. I'm not sure if it is, but someone can probably correct me if it's not. The quote, um, you're, you are both a drop in the ocean and the ocean in the drop. Mm-hmm. So just remember that. and you know, it, it, But that yeah. doesn't mean you don't let yourself. You I've know, never get, heard that, but yeah. You are the, both the drop in the ocean and the ocean in the drop. And that doesn't mean, you know, that doesn't mean let yourself get inflated with that sense. But again, I talked about this with Keith in episode one, because we talked about this amazing book I read um, that he recommended called uh, Mary Magdalene Revealed, and it really has nothing to do with, with traditional Christianity whatsoever. It's more about understanding that you are both human and divine which is kind of this beautiful mix of, you know, you have the divinity within you to always tap into the best parts of yourself, the loving parts of yourself, but that you will stumble and make mistakes, but that doesn't, but you always have that well to tap into. Um, So I thought that that ties in very nicely. It's again, it's a bridge of different cultures and different religions. And there are so many different commonalities that, that stretch between things. And it really does all go back to trying to make the world better for everybody. With that being said, This brings us to our final segments of the show, AJ, which I like to call Tomes of Wisdom and The Chaser. So first up is is Tomes of Wisdom, where each guest recommends us three pieces of media that have inspired them philosophically or spiritually in the last year. This can be books, films, games, comics, you know, anything that's made you think about your own life or life in the world in a different way. And I Mm. guess I'll put the restriction on here that we can't say... uh, Interstellar or Inception because we, we just talked about those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So AJ, what are three pieces of media you've consumed that you would recommend for, for listeners to digest?
1: Wow. I've been listening to a lot of... I listen to a lot of Nina Simone a lot. Mm. I listen to a lot of jazz. Um, I grew up on, on, on jazz. I used to play trumpet up until I was like 20, 25, and I stopped. But I've been listening to a lot of like Nina Simone and a lot of like old country. That might sound weird because no, not at all, but in the concept of who we are as a country and the fact that history is telling a very, a very complex story about the American, I think it's good to go back to music that identified who we are and it'll, and, and that in itself, I think is where we find the true core values of who we are as a people i do love being an american i love the idea of we the people and the different complex communities that make up this wild and crazy place but in terms of what it means for the great for the for the world on a whole i think learning who you are from those that came before you will ultimately lead us to being better at what we do and who we want to be. And Nina Simone, she just touches the soul in a different way, bro. And she's just telling a very, very deep, intimate story. Um, I I suggest that people read James Baldwin. And this isn't just me speaking about the African-American experience in America. I just think this isn't, it's, when you can see this world or this country and this philosophy and, and, and our beliefs as Americans, if you can see it through the eyes of those that it was not afforded to based on the color of their skin and based on their social status for an existence of a few hundred years, up until just a generation ago, where things started to turn, they haven't changed much but they're turning, I think it gives you a better understanding of who you can be because people being denied something and still fighting for it and thriving the way people have thrived in this country by being disenfranchised and there being glass ceilings and barriers that have held people back. I think when you listen to the music that came out years ago, I think uh, you'll, you'll understand where we're going. And I think music is that medium, and that's really just it. I've just been listening to a lot of different types of music. Mm. It, so it yeah, touch- that, that's yeah. that's pretty much it.
0: it. It touches on something. It touches almost like a, an untapped part of ourselves because you know we've been swept up in you know culture changes, music changes. But to go back, it, it touches on something it's kind of how I feel, you know, even, even further than, than jazz. And this is good for me too, because I haven't listened to a lot of jazz. um, And this would be helpful for me to listen to, but even going beyond that, like when you hear like sometimes classic, even classical music, it touches on something, you know, kind of universal speaking without words. So thank you for your recommendations. And finally, this is the segment that I like to call the chaser. So in the chaser, we asked the same 10 rapid fire questions for each guest and we asked that each guest, keep their answer to 30 seconds or less. Are you ready, AJ? All
1: right, big up. Let's do it.
0: Let's do it. Do you believe in fate or free will and why?
1: Ha! I believe in free will. I believe that fate is determined by what we do, not what someone else says will happen or what the world is going to give us. I think free will is the way forward, man. And, and I say that in a song too. I sing, uh, I don't believe in, I don't really believe in fate. I don't believe in destiny because the power of life and death is in my hands and my life and the power of my life and death is in my hands. So if I make the right choices or if I walk out of my house today and get shot in the head, I mean, that ain't fate. That's just some fucked up shit that happened. So I think free will and that's someone else's free will saying, hey, I'm going to blow somebody away. So I don't really believe in fate, but I do believe in free will. The
0: free will is intertwined then a little bit. So. I got you. I got you Very where coming much so. from. So what is a stronger force in the world, love or hate and why?
1: I think love, obviously, but hate has influenced so much that it sometimes feels like hate. It's insurmountable to get over it. But here's the here's the catch 22 or here, here's the adverse of that. When you stand up to someone's hate and all you bring is love, you will change the world. And that, in my in my opinion, is definitely the more powerful of the two.
0: Who are the three most important spiritual and moral guides in your life and why?
1: My kids, because their existence makes me a better person or makes me want to be a better person. My mom, because she's been through so much and she imparts that wisdom every day. And my dad, who passed, but still to this day, I can hear his voice telling me, you know, you have to stand up for yourself. You have to do better. You have to be you have to be better. And you have to realize that you're a man and standing up as a man and being being strong. I can still hear his voice every day telling me to to just remember those things and to to stand up for myself. Mo- most importantly,
0: what was the most spiritual place for you where you grew up and why? And you grew up in a bunch of different places, so I guess this could be m- yeah. multiple things.
1: I've been to the Whaling Wall, and I thought that was pretty intense. And I think it was more or less just the energy that surrounded the place. Like, Israel really kind of fucked me up, man. Mm. Because I, I it, it was during the ceasefire. It was during the ceasefire between Israel and, and, and Palestine, and just everything going on, the energy of the place was just mad. But um, I've also saw London, uh, socolo which is at the in mexico city where that massive cathedral is because i was like you know fuck the Catholic church and i mm. went in there and smoked the blood in there but we got kicked <laughs> out this one fire from the gods was on tour down there we weren't trying to disrespect mexico but i was like yo fuck the catholic church right i'm gonna smoke this weed in there
0: what is the most delicious meal you've had in the last month and where was it
1: oh <laughs> damn you said rapid fire i can't even answer that question um yo uh i love finding jamaican food when i'm on tour because it's really difficult to find it in most places especially in the the united states but if you're overseas like if i'm on tour and i'm in say germany and i can't find it but once i get to london the first thing i do is i go to like my cousin's house and eat like a proper home-cooked jamaican meal and it's Mm. It's usually like, with all the fucked up shit that you go through on tour, that little hour that, or that thirty minutes that it takes me to consume consume this food because there's so much talking in between, it's it's home. You know, it reminds you of home and it reminds you of the good things in life and it reminds you, it reminds me of why I do what I do.
0: Hell yeah, I love to hear that. When was the last time you felt lost?
1: That's another concept that I deal with every day. Nothing is ever in sync, you know, and you can be in the most spiritual, the best spiritual and mental physical place you could ever be in your life. And things are still out of whack, because what's going on around me is chaos. So I always feel lost because I feel Oh, God, I'm gonna make another reference to my music. (laughs) How can I relate to a world that I feel is broken, so that I understand that the world's the world's a mess. And I don't feel like I relate to the world around me because it's a mess
0: do you think the universe bends towards order or towards chaos and why and you just mentioned chaos
1: uh it, you have to find order in the chaos but the universe is chaotic there's just so much going on and so violent i mean we talk about the big bang theory we talk about you know shooting stars and we can be hit by space debris at any particular given time and we're constantly building new things and blowing things up to make roads and stuff so there's so much just everything we do is built. Everything that we try, every time we try to find order, it comes, it's born from some sort of chaotic event. Mm.
0: What is the most important piece of your childhood that you've held on to and why? And this can be a physical thing or like an emotional, emotional thing from your childhood.
1: This, my love for everything, my love for things, my, my, my thirst for knowledge, my thirst to to be something more um and on a more basic thing my love for football like arsenal football club i've been a fan since i was a kid and i will always love love my football team
0: nice nice what is one axiom or quote that centers you and calms you in dark times
1: i am one with the force and the force is with me no, hell just... yeah <laughs> that's what Which i'm talking about yeah yeah love it yeah man
0: <laughs> love it um to everyone who has ever been touched by your words and music what do you say
1: I love you.
0: And I can't think of a better way to to end it than that. AJ, you've just engaged in psychic warfare. Thank you so much for joining me today. It truly means the world.
1: Big up, big up, big up, my friend. Thank you for having me, man.
0: Hey, everybody. It's Chris here again. I just wanted to say thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for listening to Psychic Warfare. It truly means the world. And it would really mean a lot to me if you could subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're currently listening on. Uh, And especially if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, if you could rate the podcast five stars and and leave a comment about what you thought about it. It really helps boost visibility and get more eyes on the podcast. Um, That would be really, really great. Thank you guys so much for listening again. And I can't wait to hear what you guys thought of the episode. And I'll see you in the next one.